Is my Bible somewhere around? All right. We do have more than one Bible in our house. We just like to share this one. <coughs> Good to see you guys today. Hope everybody's doing well. So we started a series last week called Lost. Um, and we've been talking about things that we misplace and things that get lost. And more specifically, we've been talking about um, the lost parables of Jesus. The lost parables of Jesus, it wasn't that they went missing, but they're about lost things. And it's about God's heart for lost things. And so we're going to Luke chapter 15 again. If you've got your Bible, go to Luke chapter 15. That's where we're headed. And we, we talked last week about uh, lost sheep and, uh, and the parable of the lost sheep that uh, God comes after us. See, he uh, doesn't let us just stay lost, but he comes after us. And, and really, that's what these parables are about. It's really about God's heart for lost things, and more specifically, lost people. And so, um, what kind of things do you lose at home? What kind of things do you lose at home? Um, and there's, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that we lose at home, right? Uh, the number one item... Though, according to statistics, the number one item in the United States in U.S. homes that is lost, the number one item is, can anybody guess? The remote control. Steve, I was hoping you'd wait just a little bit, but <laughs> you. <laughs> this is the remote control, right? How many of you guys lose your remote control all the time? Has anybody you strapped one of those tracker devices to your remote just so you can find it? Right? I, I told you before, I have found uh, my remote control. This hasn't happened but one time, but I did find my remote control in the refrigerator. And I don't know exactly what I took. I can't remember what I took out of the refrigerator, but I took something out of the refrigerator and put the remote control in the refrigerator. And uh, I was like, "What? wait, what just happened? So uh, the number one item uh, that is lost in U.S. homes is the remote control. These are the top five things, though, that get lost in U.S. homes. So number one is the remote control. Number two are keys. We lose our keys. That is the, num that the number two item lost in uh, home, U.S. homes. Now, it's interesting um, because they also did a study about uh, British homes, and it's the reverse. So in British homes, Keys are the number one thing that is lost and the remote control. So I don't know what it is about Brits, uh, but, you know, they're able to uh, keep up with their remote a lot easier than what we are. Uh, but the number one thing that is lost is remote control in U.S. homes. Keys is number two. Glasses, number three. Glasses are number three. How many of you, you're looking for your glasses this morning, right? Like, Where are my glasses at? I want you to take your hand and put them right on top of your head. A lot of times that's where they're at. Raina's, uh, Raina's aunt i think she was she was on the phone she was on the phone at one time uh and with her her sister and she was like marcia marcia i i don't know where my phone's at i can't i can't think where I, and she's like martha what are you talking to me on she's like oh there you go <laughs> she thought she had lost her phone but she had it in her hand so uh sometimes things are not very far away so glasses are the number three item uh lost in the home the number four item we lose uh most in u.s homes is our wallet. Our guys, more guys would be, we lose our wallet. Um, and then the fourth or the fifth thing is bags. Bags are things that get lost the most in, uh, in homes. 50% uh, of Americans admit that they re are regularly late to work because of lost items. 
How many of you guys are late to work because you lose things? Yeah, y'all. <laughs> You're like, I ain't raising my hand on that. Other items that we lose are uh, money, uh, which is usually probably in our wallet. Uh, money, uh, socks. How many of y'all are losing socks? What if I, they don't, and they don't get lost together. They don't. They just like one just walks away, right? I don't know how that happens. Uh, money, socks, phone chargers. Oh, my goodness, at my house. And I know where they go. I actually know where they get lost to. They get lost to Kobe's room. Uh, so I, I'll go look at my youngest son, and he's got all the phone chargers. Uh, phone chargers, bank cards, bank cards. We have a staff member. Um, I, won't say, I won't say his name, um, Trent, um, who, Pastor Trent who lost the church debit card his first week on the job. I sent him to the store to buy something, and he comes back, and he's like, uh, yeah, I can't find that debit card. I'm like, well, you better find that debit card, buddy. <laughs> so he's, he started off with a, with a bang. Uh, bank cards get lost, uh, gloves, umbrellas, uh, headphones. Anybody lose, lose your AirPods? Um, Makeup, jewelry, shoes, watches, and hats. That kind of rounds out the things that get lost or most, the most common items that, that get lost. On average, people will spend about five minutes looking for lost items. And, and so, you know, the question is, why do we lose things? Well, one study was done, and it said that uh, people who, who are forgetful and have a tendency to lose things, they're very intelligent. Now, how many of you, you, you like that study? I mean, so you know what? That study's true. That's, uh, there's just so much information in my, in my brain. You know, I forget about the small things. You know, so that was one study shows that forgetfulness is a sign of intelligence. Uh, other studies show, though, that it's a sign of being too busy, being distracted, or being too tired. And, and so I, I tend to think that that's probably some of the things that, that we find. Uh, busy, distracted, and tired. Those are the things that kind of round out that list. And so this morning, I want us to look at this next story um, in Luke chapter 15 about things that we lose. And so let's go to Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 8. And this is, and this is what Jesus said, and, and he starts off the same way with the last story where he says, uh, and what man of you? It's, it's almost in, in like just basically saying, hey, it's, it, this is common, you know, common to every man, or this is common to, to, to women at times. Um, he goes, or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, uh, just, uh, just so I tell you, there, are, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Um, and we'll stop right there. And it's a very short parable, very short story that Jesus tells. And, and it's almost, I was a little nervous going into this, I'm like, there's not much here to talk about. It's pretty straightforward, right? The lady loses a coin. She's really excited over this coin that she's lost. Um, but with more study, uh, it actually, uh, Scripture has just opened up to me um, through, through this story. And, and I really love um, what, I, what I've found here. And, and I, 
I think for us, we kind of discount it because when we think about coins, you know, if, if you think about you have ten quarters and you lose one, you're probably not too upset about that, right? We, we talked last week about sheep. Sheep is not something that, that we think about. Well, I, you know, we're, we're not carrying around sheep. We don't have sheep in the back of our truck. You know, if we lose one sheep, you know, it's not really a story that we can relate to. Coins, it's not really a story that we can relate to, you know, because it's not one of those things that we're going to search diligently. It's not one of those things we look at and say, well, I lost you. Actually, you can probably go right now in your house and lift up the couch cushions and find your coins, right? How many? Or if you will go into the abyss. Do you know where the abyss is at? The abyss is in your car. It's that, it's that space in between your seat and the console where your hand does not fit. If you're able to get down there and look in the abyss, that's where your coins are at, right? Uh, we all know that. And some French fries, you know, if you get hungry, you can, you can. maybe there's enough coins to buy another thing of French fries. Who knows? Uh, but, but we know this. And it's, so it's like these, these stories, they don't really hit us because we can't relate to them. We don't get upset about coins. But that's because we don't understand what's going on here. And I asked the difference. I just I asked myself the difference. What is the difference between the two um, the two stories here that we read last week and, and this week. And there is a, a few differences that we need to look at. And the first difference is this, uh, the value increases. Actually, the value increases as you move through these three stories. And the value goes from 100 to 1. If you have 100 sheep and you lose one, well, you don't feel like that's too big of a loss, Right. Um, but he starts there. The value begins to increase. You move from a story that talks about lose, having 100 sheep and losing one. Then you move to a story that, that talks about having only 10 coins and you're losing one. You go from 100 to 1 to 10 to 1. The odds are bigger, right? The stakes are bigger when you have 10 to 1 odds. When you have, when you have a 10 to 1 ratio, well, that's, that's 10%, right? Wow, that's, wow I, I, I don't know that I want to lose 10% of, of something. And then if you get to the third story, and we're going to go there next week, the odds go to two to one, two to one. And, and so as you move through these stories, the value increases in, in big ways, in exponential ways. But also, not only does the value increase, but the um, setting is different. Uh, the, the, the value increases, so that's a difference. But another difference is the setting is different. And so when you're looking at the setting, uh, one happens abroad. So where do the sheep go? The sheep doesn't get lost at home. Where does the sheep go? It just wanders away. It walks off and, and wanders off from the home. It wanders off from the fold. It wanders off from the shepherd, right? Uh, it, it's not very smart. It wanders away, and we talked about that last week. But the coin is different because the coin is something that is not lost abroad. It's not lost out, you know, at the airport. It's not lost out, you know, at the job site. It's lost at home. And that is a difference, that something is lost abroad and something is lost at home. And I, and that, I began to ask myself that question, what are the things that we're in danger of losing at home? What are those things, and I'm not just talking about your keys, and I'm not just talking about umbrellas and shoes and socks and all those things. What are those things that we're in danger of losing at home? 
See, this story, when you start understanding what the coins mean, these ten silver coins are not just a bag of coins that this lady has that she goes to the laundromat with or that she's playing Galaga with, you know, at, at nobody goes to, uh, goes to the arcade anymore. Anybody know what an arcade is? Okay. Yeah, so, some of y'all are raising your hand. You, you might know what one is. You've never been to one, right? And so you, you, an arcade, you know, she's not going to the arcade with her bag of coins, right? What she has, these ten silver coins, represents her dowry. It represents a headdress that she would have had. And I think, I think I've given you a picture. And so can you pull up? This is, this is what uh, she would have had. So if you can see in these pictures, these coins that the, these two depictions have are coins that would have either been on a headdress or it would have been on a necklace or it possibly would have been on a bracelet or an anklet, um, and it would have been kept close on her person. And what this means is this is what she was given by her husband. This is something that she was given at the outset of their marriage, that this is the dower. He brings to her, he says, listen, this is the price. And you can go read in various places in the Old Testament. You can go read the story of Isaac and Rebekah, that he comes and brings her um, silver and gold. He comes and brings her uh, items. And so what is, uh, what is the story is about is this woman is not just, it's not like a bag of coins. This is like her wedding ring. Does that make the story a little bit different for you now? If I say, she has ten diamonds, and she loses a diamond out of her wedding ring. Anybody, you'd be upset if you lost that. How many of you, you would just, you'd be distraught if you looked and said, oh, my goodness, I, I've, I've lost a diamond or I've lost my wedding ring, right? How many of you would just look and, and just do everything that you could? You would spend more than five minutes looking for that wedding ring, Right? You would spend more time looking for it because that is something that's a value, not only in the cost of it, but in the value of the sentimental aspect of it and, and what it means, the symbolic aspect of it. That it's not just a value loss, it's a symbolic loss. And so this woman has lost one of these coins, and, and this, these coins represent, it's actually something that she's supposed to wear to show, hey, she's a married woman. And that's the word that we see here uh, when Jesus uses the word, or what woman. It is the uh, Greek term gune, which means wife or bride. What wife or bride loses her wedding ring and doesn't search diligently for it? And if you can think about that, you could think about how you would feel. If you could think about what a wedding ring means and the, the symbolism there. So when I ask that question, the story begins to make a little bit more sense to me. What are the things that we lose at home? So I think there's all kinds of things that we can be in danger of losing at home. So you have to protect the things that are valuable, and there are things in your home that are valuable. And I'm not just talking about the stuff that we wear I'm talking about the things that are even more important than the things that we wear, like wedding rings. There, there are things that we lose at home. The first thing I think that we can uh, be in danger of losing at home is our, our, our priorities. We lose our priorities. When you lose your priorities, when we lose our sense of what's really important. Anybody, have you ever, ever seen that? Have you ever seen that people who have lost their sense of direction, lost their sense of what's really important in a relationship, and they begin to major on minors, and we begin to fight about things that don't really matter simply because we've lost sight of the main thing. 
and we've lost something at home and we've lost something in our relationship. And so when we lose, we lose big. And so when we lose at home, we lose valuable things at home, we can lose big. And this is part of that. So we lose our priorities. We lose our sense of what's really important. We lose trust. See, you can lose trust in people. We lose our trust in those who are closest to us. Either something happens, something is done, and we begin to lose trust. Maybe someone lies and and they're caught in a lie and and you begin to lose trust in the person who's not supposed to lie to you. We sang that song earlier uh, in the the land of the living and and that, God, you, you won't lie to us, you know, and that's what we hope that that the people who are closest to us won't lie to us. And sometimes it happens, and we lose trust. We lose priorities, and we lose trust. We lose our trust in those who are closest to us. We lose our connections. We lose uh, those connections of those who are close to us, and we begin to feel like we're drifting away from each other. So when I look at this story and I begin to see that she's lost something that is a symbol of her relationship. See, I think that we can read this story on a lot of different levels. That there is one level that, and and rabbis used to teach this way. Rabbis would teach, uh, they would tell a story, and the story would, would tell a truth on a lot of different levels. And so the surface level is this, is that God cares about lost things, and God cares about lost people. But I think as you begin to look at the layers of the story and what it means, that there's something even deeper there he's talking about. You've got to be careful that you don't lose the things at home that are very valuable, the things at home that are extremely important, those things that represent the people that you have relationship with, which is things like priorities, things like trust, things like our connections, that we don't drift away from one another that we don't just become roommates. And, and sometimes I've, I've talked to couples and we've sat down and we've had conversations and they begin to talk about how their life is and what their home looks like. And basically it just looks like a roommate situation. You might as well uh, have, have a roommate instead of a husband or a wife. And so there's this danger of losing connections, danger of losing trust, danger of losing priorities. And then there's a danger of losing hope. Danger of of losing hope that things can ever be better, right? Wow, and that's, those are the big things. Those are the big things because when you begin to lose hope that things can ever be, be better, people just stop trying. And we just say, you know what, this isn't worth it. And maybe we should just walk away from each other and walk away from our relationship. Well, see, I think this is part of the important story is that we can be in danger of losing things at home. And me and Raina talked about this last night. I was just asking her, you know, what she thought uh, when we started looking at the different layers. And this is what she said. She says, you know what, you have to protect everything that is valuable. You have to protect the most valuable things in your home. And what is that? What are those things that are valuable? I think sometimes we lose our priorities. Once again, we, we take things for granted. you got to think. Now, the first story, who walked away? The sheep walked away, right? The sheep wandered off from the shepherd. But in this story, the coin didn't walk away from the owner, right? The coin was there. 
somewhere in the house, she either neglected it, she, she uh, lost track of it, somehow it slipped her mind, somehow it lost her notice. And see, that's not unlike us, that we can let so many things come into our home, we can let so many things distract us. Remember, what, what, was this, what was the first three things that we talked about? Why people lose things? It's because we get too busy, we get too distracted, and we're too tired. Now think about that in the sense of our relationships and our relationships, marriage relationships at home and our relationships as parents. You, you think, why do we lose things at home? Because we get distracted. We get distracted by all this other stuff. We get too busy. We begin to focus on things maybe that don't really matter. We get our priorities out of whack. And we start putting all our time into things that, you know, don't help the marriage. Maybe they help your career, but they don't help your marriage. I'm going to say this. You know what? Your marriage is much, much, much more important than your career. You can get another job. You say, well, I can get another spouse. But it's not the way it should be. When we stand before a pastor and we make vows to each other, we're not thinking, you know, one day I'm just going to get another, we might be thinking, you know, one day I'm just going to get another husband, I'm just going to get another wife. We have all this hope and we have all this, this promise. And it's like we want that to be the story of forever. So what happens when things get in the way? We get distracted. We get tired. We, we let things cut in on what's really important. We lose we lose the, uh, the ability to protect the things that are valuable. See, when we find family dysfunction or relationship dysfunction, usually we find there's disobedience somewhere. You say, well, I don't like that. If you, if you look at dysfunction, and this is, you look at social dysfunction and relationship dysfunction, that's the definition of it, that at some point something's not working somewhere. Someone's not working in the system or someone's not working in the relationship. And so when there's dysfunction, a lot of times there's disobedience, that we haven't obeyed God's word, that we've allowed things to get in the way. We've allowed things that are not important to become more important. We've allowed things to, to cut in and distract us. We've allowed things to, we've given more of ourselves to something else or to someone else. And they get all our time, they get all our attention, and we lose at home. It's quiet but see, this is, this is just where the story's at. This is where the text has taken me. And I think it's super important. And, and you know what? I'm not talking about things that you don't. It's not rocket science here, guys. You get this. You see this. And when we start looking at the story in a little bit deeper way, we understand, yeah, that's true. It's true that we can lose things at home. Because either we get neglectful, we just, we just get careless, or we get selfish. And if we're honest, there's a lot of times we've, we've done all these things. If I'm honest, there's a lot of times I've, I've, I've done some of these things that I've neglected, that I've gotten careless, that I have been selfish, you know. But I'm so glad that's not how Jesus ended the story, that the coin stayed lost. I'm so glad that he finished the story, right? So he tells the story, he says, what about a woman who loses this wedding ring, basically? And she searches for it diligently. She searches for what is valuable. What does she do? She does, she does three things. First thing she does is this. This is what the recovery process looks like. 
The recovery process looks like this. She turns on the lights. She lights a lamp. She turns the lights on. You know what we have to do when I read this and I thought the first thought that I had when I, when I read this, that she turns the lights on? We have to ask ourselves, what is true? What is the truth? The truth is this. Sometimes, and we have to be honest with ourselves, and we're going to have to be honest with our spouse. We're going to have to be honest a lot of times with our children. Sometimes we've blown it. Anybody ever blown it? Yes, you have. Don't, don't, don't even think, say, I'm not going to raise my hand. You've blown it. If you're in a relationship, at some point you've blown it. You've made a mistake. You haven't done it all right because we're not perfect. We get things wrong. We become selfish people. We get careless. We get neglectful. And, and we have to own it. We have to own our, our part of the pie. We have to be responsible for what's our part in this relationship. And so turning on the lights means, hey, I've got to be honest, and I've got to own my part of this, and I, I've got to, to let truth come to light. And so when we do that, when we own up to where we're at, to, where, to our shortcomings or what we've lacked, it's turning on the lights. She turns on the lights. She lights a lamp. But then she goes to, to another thing. What does she do? She sweeps the house. She sweeps the house. And it just spoke to me that what, is, what does this mean for us? When we sweep the house, sometimes we got to remove things and get things out of the way. we got to get the junk out of the way. we got to remove the toxicity in, in the house. We've got to remove uh, toxic attitudes. We've got to remove toxic behaviors. And we've got to, to remove toxic thinking. We've got to sweep the house clean. you got to get this stuff out. Um, there's a passage in Luke chapter 11 verse 21 i think I, I think i gave you this and jesus t is talking about this early on luke chapter 11 jesus is telling us and he says this he says when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace or his house his goods are safe right next verse but when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil next Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not uh, gather with me scatters. Next verse. And he goes on, he says this, and I, and I remember this passage, and this is one of those things I remember about cleaning out something. It says, and when an unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through uh, waterless places and seeking rest and finds none. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. Next verse. And when it comes, it finds the house is swept and put in order. And when it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself uh, that enter and dwell there, and the last state of the person is worse than the first, he said, what are you talking about? What I'm saying is this. It's not just enough to remove something. You have to remove something, and you have to replace it. It's not just enough to get it out. I have to get out the toxic thinking, and I have to put something else in. I have to get out the worldly thinking and start putting God's Word in my heart and in my brain and in my life. I have to remove and replace. It's not just enough to remove. You have to also replace it, because if not, something else is going to fill the space. Something will always fill the space. It's like, it's like digging a hole at the beach, right? You're trying to get all the sand out. You're trying to get everything out, right? What happens? More sand just piles in. More water just piles in. Something will always fill the void unless you put what needs to be there. And, and so for us, sweep the house. You've got to remove and replace. Remove the toxic attitudes, behavior, and thinking. Replace it with beautiful uh, behavior and, and clear thinking and truth 
God's word, God's truth. Second, third, uh, third thing that we find is this, is that you have to pursue. She searched diligently. And we have to pursue love. I used to say it like this. Somebody told it to me like this. You have to pursue your number one. Who's your number one? Who's your number one? Don't look at your spouse because your number one should not be your spouse. He said, well, what? What are you talking about? My number one is God. My number one is my relationship with Jesus. Me and Raina have been um, just upfront about that from the get-go. I was, I was very much knew that about her, that the number one relationship in her life is Jesus. That made her more attractive to me. That when I saw that and I knew, you know what? My number one relationship is Jesus. So Jesus is my number one. She's my number two. So I'm going to pursue my number one, and when I'm able to pursue my number one, I can also pursue my number two. I'm able to pursue the people in my life that are super valuable and super important. And the last thing is this. What did she do after she found the coin? What did she do? She called everybody together because everybody knew how big a deal this was. So, why, so if my neighbor calls me up and says, Hey, Ryan, I found 10 cent in my couch. Come over for a party. No, I'm good, dude, right? But if Raina says, hey, I've lost my wedding ring, and you know what? I've just found it. Let's celebrate. I'm dancing. I'm jumping up and down because I remember how much I paid for that. (laughs) You know, I remember uh, going to get that. I know the value of it, and I know what it symbolizes. And we got to celebrate. I'm going to ask Pastor Trent, somebody to come play. And I want us to do that. I want us to just pray this morning. I want us to pray for our families and pray for our homes today. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. Because I don't know where you're at. Maybe, maybe your home life is awesome. That's great. Give God thanks for that. Give God thanks for that and keep working on it. Keep knocking it out the park. Whatever you're doing to make your relationships great, God bless you. Keep working on it. But maybe things are amazing. Maybe things aren't great. Maybe things aren't horrible. But maybe they're kind of verging on. You uh, can shore up some things. Or maybe you know what? You're here today and you just say, man, everything's horrible. But God cares about you. He loves you so much. He cares about your relationships. He cares about your heart. He cares about your brokenness. This morning, wherever you're at, whatever state you're in, this morning, what I want you to do is I just want you to offer that to Jesus today. This is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you if, if, if you say, hey, I want to pray for my home, if you would just step out this morning. If you would just say, this morning, I'm praying. If your home's great, amazing, I'm praying for my home. Step out. If you say, man, there's some things I need to work on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm praying about my home. I just want you to step out every one of us should at some point be saying, hey, I'm praying about something for my house. I'm praying about a relationship. I'm praying about I'm praying about my husband. I'm praying about my wife. I'm praying about my kids. Maybe their relationships. Whatever that looks like this morning, I'm just inviting you to step forward. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you know what? You're not in this alone. I want you to see that everybody here, we're all at some point we're in this boat together. This morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your relationships. 
And Satan wants to destroy your home. Satan wants those coins to stay lost. The Father has a heart for lost things, lost people. And so this morning, I just want you to slip your hands up. Right now, Lord, we just come to you. And the first thing that we say is thank you for caring about lost people. Thank you for caring about us when we get lost in our own stuff, in, in relationships, 